In this beginning introduction to meditation, Maitreya teaches us the true purpose and goal of meditation and the reasons why meditation is good for people and for society as a whole. So sit back and enjoy listening to Maitreya, the friend of all souls. Thank you for coming. We do this meditation class and we keep it pure. We're not going to put anything on you. We're not going to try to recruit you to anything. We're not going to try to sell you anything. We're not going to try to convert you from anything to anything. We do it because we feel that meditation is good for the person, it's good for the community, and it's, and it's good for, generally, our country and, and the world. Um, we need a, in this, particularly in this time and age, we need a place where we can find a refuge of peace and tranquility. We need a place where we can center ourselves and be strong to face the uh, stuff that goes on here in Old LA. I've been here a hundred years. I, I came here in 1954, and I tell people that we used to go walking through grass this high, and we'd walk for two hours and never see anybody. And they say, "Well, where was that?" I said, "LAX." <laughs> <laughs> there was no LAX when I. So things have changed a lot. We're a lot more tightly packed, and tensions are higher, and uh, so is road rage and everything else. So we do this class uh, purely for practical reasons. I'm not even going to lay a big spiritual trip on you here. It's, it's a practical thing. I'm going to say a few things just to kind of orient it. But if you want to get into the spiritual side of it, you know, we're not going to lock the doors on you. You're welcome to come Sunday. But we don't do that here. So um, if it seems a little dry and practical, then the, the reason is that we keep it that way so you're not going to feel like we lured you in here to hook you. Because <laughs> we didn't. Um, what do you want to know? I don't have a canned speech. I never do. I can't go. I write them and then I tear them up. But what would you like to know? What do you, what do you want me to do tonight uh, other than teach you these five steps? Um, anything in particular, questions that are on your mind about um, this area of life or anything like that? And if not, I'll probably just unwind and do whatever comes. But if you have any, any thoughts or anything you want me to deal with, I'll be happy to do that. Because this is a people thing. All too often we get into organization and regimentation and the whole purpose of meditation or the whole the whole I, I shouldn't say the purpose the whole sphere of meditation is to enter into totally unstructured time it's not weird <laughs> when do you have totally unstructured time when in your dreams yeah yeah and in your dreams yeah your dreams you do sometimes uh uh, if you have an epiphany or something like that, you may go into a little moment where all of a sudden uh, you're cut loose from everything. But normally, every single second of the day is structured. And that's not who we are. That's not what we are. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of... Um, I'm not going to lay any theology on you or anything like that, but I want to tell you how I see us as we exist in the world, and the world exists in the universe, and the universe exists in whatever created or whatever made it or however it came about. You don't have to have any beliefs to do this, by the way, and you don't need what I'm going to tell you here, okay? But let's just say, for example, what's a good color? That's the practical, this is the theoretical. Okay, here's, this is, this is everything. That's the whole thing. Um, as far as we can see out there, they just discovered a couple of galaxies that are so far away that light takes 200 billion years to get here. We don't even know if it's still there or not. You know, so that's the whole thing. Okay? Now this over here, this would represent our world. This is where we live. Uh, what's a good color? Uh, let, me, let me take some purple. This right here is you. <laughs> Can you see that? That little dot, that's you, right? Uh, I should make a circle, though, because th that illustrates it better. This little circle, that's you. Now, what we think and what we feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this little thing is kind of just 
cast out into this goofy, random universe of existence, and we're kind of on our own. We're really separate from everything. So, so you know, this this little circle here, and that's a red one. Here's a, a an orange one. It's great that you got all these colors. So here's an orange circle. So you see, this circle doesn't like that circle <laughs> because that circle's orange and this circle's not. This circle only likes purple circles. An orange circle, it doesn't like purple circles because, you know, after all, you got to be orange, don't you? <laughs> and we feel separated. Don't you feel separated from the people next to you? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know who that person is. Uh, there's a barrier there. You can get in, you can kind of become friends for a while, but you're still separate, right? And you feel alienated and alone and and out here in the world. And so we do all kinds of things to keep ourselves busy. Uh, we do, uh, we work real hard. Some are workaholics, some are alcoholics, some are drugaholics, some are peopleholics. Uh, some, you know, we do all kinds of things. We do sports, we do radical things like jumping on airplanes with a parachute on and things like that. Because it keeps our mind off of one really solid, terrible fact. And that is that we each live in a prison of skin. And you can't experience what I am or what I experience, and I can't experience what you are or what you experience, at least not in a normal way. I say, I've got an itch here. Well, you go, yeah, I know what he needs. I had one of those once. But you don't know my itch, and I don't know your itch. And I don't know your grief, and you don't know my grief, and I don't know your joy, and you don't know my joy. We can only guess at each other. And so we're kind of isolated. And there's this, this well, what they call an angst that exists down here in our gut somewhere. We know it's there, and we do all kinds of things to avoid it. We constantly run until we fall asleep and we have a dream, and doggone it if it doesn't show up in the dream. <laughs> so we have this human dilemma that we're trying to get out of. Now, why am I saying this? Because everything has to have a direction. If I just say, okay, do these five steps, and there you go. Well, you're not going to understand where meditation tries to go on. Why people have been doing it for 10,000 years? Why do people do this for 10,000 years? Nobody does anything for 10,000 years. Here we don't even do anything for 10 years, you know. It's gone, that's old hat, that's old school, it's gone. Well, this is real old school, it's 10,000 years old. But you see, what, what meditation promises us is that, see, really, none of these things are separate, are they? Because that thing that you are, that I'm not even going to put a name on it, that which you really are isn't this orange circle or this purple circle, it's this whiteboard. And it's everywhere. And this is contained within it. But it, if, you, if you wipe out that, what's left? <laughs> Whiteboard's still there. If you wipe out this one, it's still there. <laughs> Suppose you wipe out our whole world. Gosh, it's still there. What would happen if you just wiped out the whole universe? It's still there. This is what you are. And when you begin to get in touch with that, when you begin to get direct personal experience of it, not some, some preachy, teachy thing that says, this is what you are, like I'm doing now, but when you begin to get direct personal experience, that um, in the East, they have a saying, yeti, 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 itty. Not this, not this, not this, but that am I. You see? And that. So they have like a, a, this, this saying that we're not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm not this brain. I'm not these nerves that are in my body. This thing's going to go away. See, here, here's the, here it is right here. There it is. Pretty permanent. We really like it a lot. Sometimes we don't like it a lot. But boom. One day it's going to be gone. And we're afraid down deep that one day we're going to be gone. Well, I had a, a fast start of life. I died when I was eight years old. Not for a long time, but long enough to find out that I wasn't the thing that I thought I was, but I was this. <laughs> Messed up my whole life. Set me off on a, uh, a track that I'm on now. And I've got two degrees. I've got one in psychology, one in behavioral science. I'm a marriage family therapist. What do I do? I teach meditation. And I do this kind of work because 
I found that all of that psychologizing can't even come close to one single minute of experiencing the fact that you are not all that other stuff. You're this. It takes the sting out of it all. And it makes it kind of a happy place. Doesn't mean you're not going to get mad at somebody on the freeway and say words at them. It means that later on you're going to look at it and go, that was really weird. It changes everything. It changes everything. And that's what meditation is supposed to do. Now, people say meditation will relax you. It will make you better able to study. It will clear your mind. It will give you serenity and peace. Why? Because all of the things that don't give us serenity and peace are these things right here. You know? This guy hates this guy and hates this guy and this guy's friends with this guy and these things go on and on and on and on and on. But in reality, you're not any of that. In reality, you are this. Now, people have a lot of different names for it and I'm not going to use uh, a lot of them because some people get itchy when you say the word like God, you know, something like that. Oh, if I could take that. Because we've been taught that that thing that something, that, that being is some is jealous, vengeful, mean, nasty, watching you all the time, getting ready to hammer you down into the ground. It's not so. I never experienced it anyway. What, what meditation has been through the last 10,000 years is a way for you to, to quit looking out here and follow that, that stream of consciousness back to its source. And the most amazing thing is when you get to its source, you find out that that's you. You have two selves. One that you created when you were between 6 and 12 years old, when your personality came together. The one that you've been either disliking ever since, or trying to prove is right ever since, or don't care about ever since. And then there's the person, the real person inside of you that created it. That's what meditation is meant to do. We have an ability that the animals apparently don't have. We have the ability to be conscious of our own consciousness. We have the ability to be aware of our own awareness. And because of that, through the right mechanism, we can turn around. See, this, this is like bubbles coming from the bottom of a fish tank or something. We can walk back down those bubbles and find out who we are. Not intellectually, but experientially. And that's what meditation is supposed to do. And that's as theological and as, as spiritual as I'm going to get to. But if it, you can translate this into your own terms, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying here. Yeah. But I'm not going to say it. Because I said I wasn't. I have to stick to my word. So, if you have any questions, I, I just want to set a frame of reference so that you know where you're going. You're not just, you know, if you really want to relax quick, take a tranquilizer. <laughs> this is work. A little bit of work. Not hard work, but it's a little bit of work. Uh, there's a marijuana clinic right over here. Uh, you can do that too. But the problem with all of that stuff is you got to come back. you got to come down. you gotta, you got to get. I gotta have another one, you know? We want to be free. Yeah. And by finding out who you really are, you become free. And the thing that keeps you from knowing it is, we call it, like... Well, a lot of different names, but I just call it darkness. Because when you're in the dark, you don't know where you're going. And that's what this little quote up here is for, from and about. So, you know, you want to keep going back time and time again, no matter what the obstacles are, and, and practicing a simple technique until the lamb becomes a lion mm -hmm. and rises up and defeats this darkness ends its rule over you. And then you're free. In every, every holy book in the world, someplace it says, the truth will set you free. And that's what meditation is all about. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this explanation of meditation before or not, but that's, I don't teach out of anybody else's teachings. I teach only out of my own experience of having been really, really, really dead. Not for a long time, just for long enough to be resuscitated, but long enough to find out that I'm this, and so are you. And in that, we're united. 
There's no barrier of nation, color, creed, race, anything else that can divide us because this is what we are. And so if through meditation we can kind of unify ourselves and unify our country and unify our world a little better, then my time is well spent here. And I've spent far too long talking. My mother said I was injected with a phonograph needle when I was born and I never stopped talking since. So let's see if you have any questions this far. And if you do, I'll try to answer them, I promise, briefly. If not, we'll just go ahead and, and talk about how to do it. I did a good job. <laughs> okay. There's basically five steps. Now, there's more than that to what we do. Uh, in, in the Eastern tradition, in the Eastern tradition, there's something that we're not really going to go into here tonight. And I'm going to put it in red to make sure we're not going to go into it. It's called initiation or diksha. And that is, uh, what I'm going to give you tonight is kind of like giving you a radio with a good set of batteries. Okay? And those batteries will last a long time. A lot longer than is really practical for, you know, recruiting people or snaring them into something. It'll last long enough you'll forget about me. But, none of these techniques traditionally have, any, have the full power unless a person receives this diksha. What diksha means is the initiation of a teacher. And you don't have to do it. But you have to know that it's, it's something that's there and you're operating on three-quarter power until you do that. And that's okay. Three-quarter power, believe me, is good enough if you practice this just a couple of times a day to see you through most anything that you've ever done or, or you'll ever encounter. This is only something you do if you want to. So I'm going to erase it. No, because we're not going to do that. The first thing that we do in this technique is we surrender. Isn't that hard to do? <laughs> surrender. Well, you know, where, where does everything that you have come from? It comes from here. And when it disappears, it goes back to here. It's sort of like we're each a, a cup of water taken out of the ocean. Now, if you set a cup of water out on your porch and leave it there long enough, and you walk out and you go, hey, it's gone. Where'd it go? Well, it evaporated, went up into the sky, ended up back in the ocean. Well, that's what we are. This body, this mind is like a cup. It holds the water that is the ocean. We're going to get back there eventually. We're going to go back there. So, surrender isn't something peculiar. It's recognizing that everything that we have is kind of on loan, including this body. It's on loan. And so, when we sit down to meditate, first of all, we prepare. And you can prepare any way you want. Some people like to prepare by sitting and listening to music. Some people like to prepare by reading a book or reading some some, path, uh, some sort of inspirational thing. Or maybe even, if you're a religious, you can read some scriptures or something. Uh, sometimes you prepare by just sitting and gazing. Gazing is a wonderful thing. I don't know if you ever tried it. You used to do it when you were a kid. You, know, you just sit like this. You defocus your eyes and you just sit. Right there. Just, just gaze. Don't look at anything. And then ask. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do it too much because you'll forget about me. You just gaze. So you can just sit and gaze. Gazing is a great art. So gaze for a while, or, or read, or whatever. Do something to prepare. You know, do something special. If you have a special place in your house, make or a place in your house that you can, make it special. Now, uh, religious people will put an altar there of some sort with their particular concept of what, who created the universe is all about. But you can just do it anyway. Put some flowers on something and sit there. A corner, put a rug there, anything. Then sit down and surrender. And uh, we have our own particular way of doing it, but I'm not going to say that because it involves that G word that I said I was going to say. But you say basically to the, to the ocean, everything that I'm going to do here 
and everything I receive from what I'm doing here is yours. I give it away. I'm not hanging on to it. I'm not going to hang on to the thoughts that I have. I'm not going to hang on to the feelings that I have. I'm not going to hang on to the ideas that come to me. I'm going to give them away as soon as they come and, what, and give back to me whatever I need. It's an amazing art, surrender. We don't surrender to any other human being or Americans. <laughs> but to surrender to the source of our being is a whole different thing. You find that, that this alone is a meditation. You could take this and do this three or four times a day and you would have a beautiful form of meditation. But we're going to ratchet it up to another level. So first of all, surrender. And you just get the concept, do it any way that feels right to you. How do you know when these things feel right? Well, do it different ways until it clicks. You might, if you're, like I said, if you're a religious person, you might want to do a prayer. If you're not a religion per, religious person, you do something else. You may want to uh, do Tai Chi, you know, or something like that, and say, I give this to you. I give this away. I don't want it anymore. And you'll see why later on as we get down to step five. The next thing is, I mentioned that the truth it's, it's so ancient that it's almost hard to say how old it is, but that the truth sets you free. It can also bite you hard, <laughs> but it sets you free. So the next step is you set your heart and mind firmly on seeking the highest truth, the highest truth that you can reach. There's a principle in, in meditation, and I, I describe it this way, other people describe it otherwise. Do all you can the best you can. That's all anybody can ask of you, is to do all you can the best you can. So every time you sit to meditate, don't just say, okay, I got it, I got to do this, so I'll just sit down here and do it because I'm supposed to. No, you should take the attitude, well, let's see, you're all about, you're younger than me, but you've been through high school. Remember when you first fell in love with somebody? And you'd be sitting there in class and trying to work. Teachers going, yeah, man, that is the square root of that. And you're going, I don't care about that. I want to go see my beloved. That's all I care about. I want to go see my beloved. Well, that's the way you should approach meditation because that's what you're doing. You're going to see your beloved. And if you approach it that way, then you have an advantage that you don't have if you just say, oh, I'm going to do this technique. It's not a technique. It's an act of You'll see. So set your heart and mind firmly on seeking the highest truth. And do that in here. Say, I want the highest truth. Sock it to me. Give it to me. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care if it stings. But give it to me because I want the truth because I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. The next thing is you open yourself to what I call divine guidance. You can call it anything that you want. You can call uh, do some, say something that says, I now open myself to the ocean. I want, I want the ocean to flow through me and inspire me and guide me. What do I do about this in my life? What do I do about that in my life? Uh, a, a fellow that, that I taught meditation to year, many, many years ago went to Peru, and as he was getting ready to go on, get on the airplane to come back, all of a sudden, he said it was like something hit him in the side of the head and said, don't go. Stay here. He said, I got a wife and family back home. I got to go. He said, don't go. Well, he didn't go. He went back to his hotel room. That plane crashed and every single person on board was killed. He listened to that still, small voice with him. He listened. So this is saying, okay, I got a lot of issues in my life. You know, I got a lot of stuff to deal with here. Guide me. Give me that whisper in my ear. Tell me when I'm going the wrong way and tell me when I'm going the right way. So then you do, you say that. We have a, a different way of doing that, but I'm not going to talk to you about that. Next is that you enter into the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. What's the secret inner sanctuary of your heart? Well, uh, I will I'll say one little religious thing and I'll get off of it. In the Christian Bible, it says that you should, when you pray, don't go out in public and make a big spectacle of it. You should do it so that the person on your right doesn't know what's happening on his left. And then they say, enter into the closet of your life. 
Well, that closet is the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. There's a place within you where you live. And I don't mean your physical heart. You know, I mean the place where you live. So you've got to get in there somehow. And once you're in there, you're kind of not at the end of your journey. You're at the beginning of your journey. And so we have a way to enter into the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. It's called a mantra. Now, why a mantra? A lot, of, a lot of people say, well, what's with the mantra stuff? You know, why don't you just say it once and be done with it? Because the mantra is like, like those bubbles coming up from the bottom of the tank, from, coming up from that little spigot that puts the air out. So if you say it once, it goes, and there's nothing. You want, to, you want to go back to the source of you. And who's saying the mantra after all? You. You're saying the mantra. Your mouth is making it happen, but you're saying it. So ours is, and I'll write it out here because uh, I'm going to write it phonetically. That's about the best I can do phonetically. Ours is J Bhagwanji. J Bhagwanji. It's kind of a tongue twister when you start. Don't worry too much about it. But do try to get it right. People say, why should I worry about how I say the mantra? You know, what's the difference? Well, I don't know. Have any of you ever heard of Paramahansa Yogananda? Self-realization fellowship. Well, uh, they have a mantra. It's called Hong Sao. People say, why Hong Sao? Well, Paramahansa Yogananda's best friend explained. Now, Yogananda was a, a, quite a saint, by the way, in his, in his area. Uh, they said he was a terrible Sanskrit student. And there's this word in Sanskrit called ahamsa, which means I am that. And because Yogananda was a bad Sanskrit student, he ended up calling it hongsa. <laughs> <laughs> but a mantra is a little bit like a phone number. Now, if I say my phone number is area code 310-745-9572, call me. And you go, ah, it doesn't matter what numbers you use. <laughs> doesn't matter. You just use any old numbers. Well, you're allowed to call somebody you're not liking very much, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's important that you, if you're going to use this, use it. Try to get it right. If you're going to use a different one, there are a lot of, there are a lot of mantras in the Catholic Church. They have the rosary. That's a mantra. Really, it's a mantra. You repeat it over and over. Uh, in the Buddhist tradition, they have, uh, well, they have Om Mani Padme Hum. But this, this one is the one that I experienced when I experienced myself. And so this is the only one I would teach. Jai Bhagavanji. And it sounds like this. Jai Bhagavanji, 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 Jai Bhagavanji. And what I want you to do is think of it like, like the sound of a train you know, going up a mountain. And the top of that mountain is the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. So you take this train to the, into the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. If you're worried about what it means, I'll tell you. If you're not, I won't. Anybody worried about what it means? Okay, then you should know. What it basically means is J means victory. And it means victory. Okay, I'm going to say it now. Don't anybody leave the room. It means victory to God the beloved. Which of that bothers you? You can't use it. Use a different one. But that's what it basically means. And that victory is that you will know the truth and be free. You will experience it. Not know it because somebody said so. Now once you get into the secret inner sanction of your heart, you're going to commune. How do you commune? Well, it sounds sounds a little silly. What you do is you sit still. You, you, you get into that secret inner sanctuary of your heart, and you be still, like a candle flame in a still place. Instantaneously, non-judgmentally, insightfully aware and accepting of whatever comes into your mind as it's coming, whatever lingers while it's lingering, and whatever goes while it's going. Sounds silly, then. It's remarkable. Because what happens is when you, when you start doing this, first of all, your thoughts are like, you know, rush hour on the 405 freeway. One right after another, bumper to bumper, honking at each other, you get out of the way, I don't want to come through. 
But as you do this, as you accept it, this is a matter of acceptance. Remember I said in the beginning, surrender was going to be important here? As you surrender these things, every thought that comes, and, and stay, as it's coming, you surrender it. You give it away. As it's lingering, you surrender it and give it away. As it's going, you surrender it's going. Don't hang on to it. If it's a nice one, don't hang on to it. If it's a kind of an ugly one, don't try to keep it away. You just be a witness, an impartial witness to this parade of thoughts. And what happens is eventually you get to where it's maybe 7 o'clock on the San Diego Freeway, and then it's 8 o'clock, and then it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> and there's space in there. There's free space. There's totally unstructured time and space in there where you can find peace and surrender. And commune with that ocean, that that board, however you conceive it to be. And I'm not going to tell you how to conceive it. You have to figure that out yourself. That's the method, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And if you find that any part of it bugs you, don't do it. Because the answer is here for you. I'm not here for me. So if you don't do it. Uh, you don't want to do it, then don't do it. When we when we do this mantra together at this uh, stage here, number four, if you don't want to do it, if you feel self-conscious, just listen to it. I'll do it loud enough for to make it good. Um, is there are there any questions before we begin? Any objections? Overruled. <laughs> okay. Okay, we will do it. So first of all, we're going to prepare. I'd like to just, uh, just, <laughs> sit down. Just sit, get comfortable, get your back up against the back of the chair. You don't have to sit up too straight if you don't want to, but get comfortable. I don't go to sleep on <laughs> And uh, just do a little gazing. Set your heart and mind firmly on seeking the highest truth. yourself to that river of inner divine inspiration, insight, guidance within you. You need to just say it or feel it.
four parts as a repetition of this, what we call the Dharma Mantra. I'll begin it. We'll do it for a time, and then it'll become quieter and quieter. When it, when it becomes silent outward, keep repeating it in your own, inside of your own mind, in your own heart, until you feel that you have arrived at that place where you live.
voice. Recognize it as long as it's going on, and then when it goes away, just recognize that it's going, it's gone. If you have a feeling or a sensation, do the same thing with it. Whatever comes, lingers or goes, just watch it as same sense that you have now back into this room with you, back into this world, this external world with you. So just slowly let your eyes open as they want to. And do the same thing with what you're seeing in this room. Whatever you're seeing, Something changed. Just a little. It's called a paradigm shift in universities. We just call it something that changed. The room looked a little different than when you left it. You feel a little different. Now, the biggest challenge is going to be not to try to duplicate what happened here when you do this. Don't go home and say, ooh, that felt pretty good there. I want that to happen again. We're talking about uh, something that's ever-changing here. And when you step back and become the witness to it, which is really what you are. I mean, the board really is the witness to what's written on it. Whatever's written on it doesn't change the board a bit, does it? You can write anger on there, the board's just the board. You write love on there, the board is the board. So, do you feel, do you feel some of this? Did you bring some of this back with you? Feel that certain serenity a little bit, a little peace, clarity? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So simple. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to go anywhere except inside. So this is sort of the, the essence of what I do and what I teach. There's a lot more. But that's what I want you to go away with. It's that this meditation, which I call inner divine communion, because when you're in there watching these things go by, you're really communing with the source of your own self. 
real close to that. And you can put any name on it you want. You know, there are 3,330 names for God in this world. And people kill each other endlessly. Yeah. It's still the same board. It's, what do you say? The great spirit or uh, the divine spirit or uh, Yahweh, Jehovah, um, Rama, Vishnu, Shiva. It doesn't make any difference. What, what matters is that you're, you're really looking at the real thing. That makes a difference. So, this meditation isn't an end in itself. It's a preparation for going out into the world. Eventually, what you want to do is kind of kickstart your day by doing this meditation and then live from that secret inner sanctuary of your heart throughout your whole day. Live there. Act there. And some interesting things happen. I'm going to go a little beyond this because you guys seem like you're really sincere. What happens is there are things that we call speakings and doings. They're not really weird. They're not mysterious or anything else. But have you ever had something that was in your heart and you never intended to say it? You're talking to somebody else and you just go, <laughs> and you say, but why did I say that? Well, the more you live from the secret inner sanctuary of your heart, the more you find that this divine river flowing through you begins to to speak things. It's not like speaking in tongues or wassail or anything like that. It's just that you begin to begin to say things that you didn't think you would say. And sometimes you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to get slammed for that. And sometimes you will. The question is, what's your commitment to truth? Do you want to be free or do you want to be liked? Sometimes you won't be liked, but you'll be free. Sometimes you'll, you know. It's not very often. Usually these things are beautiful. They're poetic. And then there's something called doing. It's like, all of a sudden you get the urge to do something. You go, why am I doing this? This is nuts. I, I need to be over there doing that, and I'm doing this. And then you find out, like my friend with the airplane in uh, Peru, that there really is a reason for it. So that's what I have to teach you tonight. And I hope it's simple enough that you can, it's portable, you know? If it's really complicated, then you have to keep coming back and going, oh, what, was that? what was that? This is so simple. Just remember the five steps. Surrender. Give it away. Because that's important when you get to number five. Set your heart and mind firmly on seeking the highest truth. You're not going to get the whole thing. Well, if you do, come back here and I want to sit at your feet. <laughs> but you're going to get some of it. Open yourself to this river of divine presence guidance. I used to call it practicing the presence. I like that term. But I, no, I just did. Then enter into the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. J. Bugman T. J. Bugman T. J. Bugman T. J. Bugman T. And I'm sitting in a group like this. You can be a little self-conscious about that. I might say wrong. I might say Jacob on G. And I don't want to do that. But when you're at home, J. Bogwan G. J. Bog. One. Just say it with me. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. Pretty soon you're going. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. Bog. One. G. J. You're on that train going back into the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. It's a, it's, like, it's a vehicle. If you want to use a different one, use a different one. I had a guy once that said he wanted to use Mercedes Benz. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know where you're going to end up, but go ahead. You're going to end up the dealer, you know. <laughs> so I know where this one comes from. It comes from the ocean that I've been talking about, and that's where it leads back to. And so it's safe. Uh, if you want to do something on your own, fine. Coca-Cola, you know, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, there, a guy wrote a book said uh, it was called MT Meditation. It's like TM Meditation. This is MT Meditation. <laughs> Didn't have anything on the pages you can read your book. <laughs> so uh, then, once you feel that you're in there, then just do what you did here. Just sit there. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I read a, a cute little cartoon once, and it had a picture of Buddha sitting there. And, said underneath. The Buddha said, don't just do something, sit there. <laughs> and so it's kind of like that. Just just sit there. Be that witness. And pretty soon what's going to happen, I predict, come tell me if I'm wrong, is that after doing it, try to do this twice a day, morning and evening. 
If you can do it more, do it more. Ten minutes is fine. You notice we didn't do it very long. You don't have to do a long thing. You don't have to dedicate your life to it. Uh, but do it, you know, if you can only do it two minutes at a time or five minutes at a time, fine. Do it five minutes, five minutes. If you fall in love with it, do it ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Don't, don't spend your whole day doing it, okay, because mm -hmm. people think you're really strange. <laughs> but what will happen is you'll be on the freeway and somebody, some fool will cut you off and you'll go and all of a sudden you'll be the witness to yourself going and you'll just crack up. <laughs> because you'll be watching yourself going this guy or him doing it to you and you'll, you'll be the witness. And more and more you become able to sit, stand back one step from yourself and, and observe this rising, lingering, and passing away of all kinds of phenomena. And that includes pain. Pain is the constant. Pain rises, it lingers, and it goes away. If you, once you recognize that, you recognize that pain has spaces between them. And you can live in the spaces, or you can live on the pain. So you can choose to live in the spaces. It's really cool. I don't use Novocaine when I go to the dentist. And I had to have a tooth uh, root canal done. And I told the guy, I said, I want to do it without Novocaine. He said, you nuts? I said, yeah, most people say that. Uh, I just want to do it without Novocaine. Let's see if I can do it. I cruised right through it because I just, instead of, instead of standing on the, on the pain impulses, I just stood in the empty places. And it didn't hurt. He said, that's the most amazing thing. He, he was calling people in, called his associate in, <laughs> called his nurses in. What are those guys <laughs> working on? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, at least I, somebody got a laugh out of this. <laughs> so it, it has a lot of implications, emotional pain the same way. And you're not trying to withdraw from the world. See, a lot of meditations want you to withdraw from the world. They want you to hide from the world. They're, they're, they're escapists. This is not escapist. This is meant to be a place you live from in your daily life eventually, if you want to. It's not going to take you over. It's not going to possess you. You're in control, but it can, it can do that for you if you want to. Five minutes in the morning or ten minutes in the morning, ten minutes in the evening before you go to bed, you sleep better, you feel better, the day will go better, and you probably smile a lot more too. And you have some, eventually you get this growing sense of, of what I can only call serenity. And serenity is a very peculiar thing. Uh, and, and it's like your life will be like the hurricane that it is, you know, but you'll be in the eye instead of out here being blown around by it. And that's why I teach this, is because I want to see Become like this. Become the lion that, that defeats this darkness and you get some freedom. Do it long enough, you'll get so free you'll you will think you're really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? Wow, I did a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. You are welcome to come back any Wednesday. I can't promise I'll be here. Uh, Ela and, and uh, or Shanti uh, or Shad will probably take the class uh, most of the time, but I'll be here from time to time. I'm usually here on Sunday, but I warn you, it's religious. <laughs> so if you're not into that kind of thing, don't come because it'll bug you. Uh, we don't do anything weird, but it is religious. And uh, uh, I told you I wasn't going to get into that tonight, and I won't. I'll keep my word. So this is something you can use regardless of your orientation, regardless of your preference, regardless of your uh, theology that you believe in or the book that you hold to. Or, uh, I'll leave you with one single thought, and that is that I and we and all of those who practice this way intensely accept all of the mercies that God has ever sent to man. We accept Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad Rama, Krishna, Abraham, and Moses, all like, because that ocean sends its mercy to us according to the needs of our time. And so we love, honor, and revere all of them.
alike. And so that makes us bad guys for everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that here. I'm not going to say any more about it. But do, do understand that uh, if you come on Sunday and I start chanting a, a, a certain um, gayatry or something of that sort, then uh, that's just what we do. But you can always come back to Wednesday night, and it'll be neutral night. Uh, and I, you know, you're always welcome to come to Sunday if you want to. And you're always welcome to walk out when you want to. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Please take it and practice it. It'll, it'll do interesting things for you. And we have coffee, we have tea. If you'd like to, stick around for a little bit, or if you have to get going, I totally understand. been listening to Maitreya, the friend of all souls. To find out more or to come to one of Maitreya's classes or sanctuary meetings, call 310-540-6044 or go to www.maitreyathefriend.com. Maitreya, the friend of all souls, is Universal God's Awakened One, bringer of the Holy Satya Yuga, whom Universal God has ordained to end the age of spiritual ignorance and bring forth the age of divine pure truth on earth. Out of his universal love and compassion, the friend sacrificed perfect final union with the universal God for the sake of all souls for all time. In reward for his supreme sacrifice, universal God has promised that all who receive the enlightenment of the friend's holy initiation and follow him to the end of their lives shall attain self-realization and receive the supreme gift of perfect final union that he sacrificed for their sake. Accept, my tray of the friend of all souls, and follow him for your liberation from suffering, sorrow, and death, and the survival of humanity. This talk and all of its parts is copyright 59 AF, year 2010, Maitreya, the friend of all souls. All rights are reserved. No part of this talk may be duplicated or reproduced without the express written permission of Maitreya, the friend of all souls. Om Jai Bhagwanji. Jai.